0: My friends, Cardinal Rasker, later, of course, Pope Benedict, said that the primary purpose of a homily is to help people understand what it means to be human. We have forgotten, I think, sometimes what it means to be human. Many people do not know who we are because we no longer know who he is. So we've forgotten the extent to which we are loved, that we are forgiven, that Jesus Christ has taken our debt away. And this truth that we are beloved and that he is the lover is at the heart, I think, of today's gospel. So, too, that we are all in this together, my friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yet so sadly, sometimes we forget who he is, and therefore we forget who we are. We forget who others are too. We act counter to what it means, in fact, to be human, who we've become in Christ through grace, literally a new creation. Of course, last week, we remember Jesus spoke to us about fraternal correction, that each of us are called to speak truth with charity to everyone, but in a particular way to those who sin against us. Our goal, of course, is their, con- their conversion. Our goal is their union with us in the Lord. Our goal is communion. This week, Jesus tells us what to do if this doesn't work. What if someone continues to sin against us? How often must we forgive them? And again, it is Peter that steps forward and asks this question. Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Peter is seemingly generous. Jewish law would have required three times to forgive someone. Perhaps Peter, I don't know what was in his mind, but maybe he just doubled that requirement and added one for good measure. Surely there was a limit, he thought, on how much we must forgive. We cannot be expected at peace if we are constantly having to forgive someone who keeps sinning against us. But Jesus says, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. Peter's seven, of course, is already the Jewish number for perfection. Seven was a complete, perfect number. And Jesus is not giving us an upper limit. That three of Jewish law being the lower limit, now 77 becomes some sort of upper limit. No, he is telling us to be merciful as our heavenly Father is merciful. He calls us to go beyond what might be considered a natural human perfection to the divine. And it's infinite possibility in us through grace. To be human, to be truly human, if you will, is to be who we are through grace, to be that person that is forgiven and that person that is an instrument of that same grace of forgiveness to another. Peter asks, Lord, if my brother sins against me, Peter should have anticipated, been able to anticipate Jesus's response As if our Lord was saying to him, as long as you call me Lord and refer to the sinner as my brother, then you shall go on forgiving. It is what being a disciple of Jesus involves. Followers of Jesus, his disciples are distributors of his mercy. A brother and a sister must always be forgiven because we are all children of the same father we are all brothers and sisters of the same jesus we are all brothers and sisters in christ you know last sunday in the gospel about fraternal correction we spoke about the responsibility of the offended party today jesus goes against all natural human instinct and he seems to well he surely does double down by giving us the parable of the unmerciful servant. It says that the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king. Jesus is the king. And he shows that that it is just and right to forgive because we too are forgiven. And it speaks about this huge amount in the gospel. The Greek says a myriad of talents. A myriad, of course, was the largest Greek number. A myriad is 10,000. And a talent is the largest monetary unit, worth about 6,000 denarii. Of course, one denarii is one day's wage. So one talent was already a huge amount. But a myriad of talents, 10,000 talents, is like infinity. It's like infinity, 60 million denarii. Of course, impossible to pay back. And so, rightly, the master orders him to be sold along with his wife and children and all his property in payment of the debt. Because sin enslaves. Sin imprisons us. We're held captive by it. We are not free. Sin acts counter to what it means to be human. To, it acts counter to be, to what it means to be a beloved son and daughter of the heavenly father. But the servant falls at the master's feet. The servant falls at his feet and does him homage, begging, be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full, in full, surely, an impossibility. But the servant does acknowledge the king's superiority. He humbles himself before him and begs for patience, begs for mercy. And the king was moved. He's moved by his humility, moved with compassion, compassion. He takes on the suffering of his servant and he forgives his debt. The servant, of course, each of us was purchased for a price. We were all set free of the yoke of slavery to sin by the yoke of Christ's cross. The Lord is kind and merciful. He is slow to anger and, of course, very rich in compassion. If only the servant had done the same. If only he had not acted counter to his own dignity and the dignity of his brother. He was owed a much smaller amount, it says. In the Greek, that was a hundred denarii. A hundred days' wages. Difficult to repay, no doubt, but surely not impossible. This fellow servant begs him, but he is not merciful with him. In fact, he chokes him. Sirach in the first reading says that wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tightly. And in this case, he hugged tightly around his brother's neck. My friends, God is infinitely more merciful than we are. We know this, I hope. He loves us unconditionally. I hope we know that too. And not because we are good, but because he is good. There's nothing we've done that God cannot forgive. I pray you know this. There's nothing we have done that he does not desire to forgive. For the Bible is literally littered with many great sinners, Moses among them. Of course, King David, both murderers. St. Peter, a denier. St. Paul, also a murderer. St. Dismas, the good thief, no doubt he did many horrible things. St. Mary Magdalene, we know her story, all great sinners, all forgiven, all saints. We are all called, my friends, to imitate God's mercy. This is what it means to be human. This is what it means to be a beloved son and daughter of the Heavenly Father. And Jesus shows us the way. And he calls us to be instruments of mercy by forgiving those who offend us and by being merciful to all. It says that the servant left, that he was sent out, if you will, and found a fellow servant, found a brother. He was called to bring the same mercy he received to him, to bring him freedom, to bring him life. Instead, he attempted to choke the life out of his brother. Why did he act as he did? So shocking, really, to think about it, to imagine. Perhaps he was simply greedy, I don't know, maybe consumed by the material world. Maybe he just felt lucky to have escaped the king, unscathed, if you will, continue to harbor resentment toward the king. He had contempt toward the king, maybe even thinking him to be a loser, a sucker for having released him uh, without cause, seemed too good to be true, no doubt. Maybe he was simply in survival mode and not in thriving mode. I don't know. What's clear is he didn't see himself as free. Perhaps he saw himself still as imprisoned. Perhaps he believed a lie, a very common lie, that I'm unforgivable, that I'm unlovable, that he is not enough because I am unredeemable. Maybe he thought that I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not talented enough. We believe these lies, my friends, and we begin to see ourselves as victims. We see ourselves as others as oppressors, but we are all brothers and sisters of the heavenly father, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are all called to forgive, to to forgive our brother, from our heart, our brother, our sister, our mother, our father, our friend and coworker, our bosses, our teachers, even our priests and bishops, we are called to forgive all who sin against us. But sometimes the person we are called to forgive is ourselves. You know, I encounter so many people each week who are living in fear because they do not know who they are. They do not know who he is and that they are forgiven. God is bigger than our sin, my friends. Let him take it. Make an appointment with the priest. Stand in line in the back row here and come to that room of confession and leave a free man, woman, or child free of what burdens us. Leave it there. Let the Lord take it. My friends, the man in which we show mercy will be the standard by which God shows us mercy. Sirach tells us in the first reading, forgive your neighbor's injustice. Then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. So beautiful, the reward for, uh, for being that instrument of grace. So too, and in, in the Our Father, that fifth petition, it says, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So frightening if we aren't merciful ourselves. You know, my friends, the huge amount in today's parable represents the incalculable debt each of us does rightly owe to God. For the gift of life, of course, that he created every last one of us without our permission. That he sustains us every moment of our life, uh, and if he failed to even think about us for one moment, we would cease to be. This is a huge debt, but we also owe him the debt of our sin, the sin we inherited, of course, of original sin, but our own debt through our own reckless and sinful behavior. But thankfully, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, even super abundantly. It seems almost... Too good to be true, and it is Saint Cyril. What oh no, is true? <laughs> Saint Cyril of Alexandria says: Indeed, the mystery of Christ runs the risk of being disbelieved precisely because it is so incredibly wonderful. It may seem too good to be true, my friends, but please God, every last one of us do know that it is true: that we are forgiven, that we are made for union made for communion with him, but also with each other. Let us be fed here. Let us be filled with gratitude here. And let us go out there into our homes and schools and workplace, our recreation uh, to be, well, to set the world on fire, on fire with his mercy. And may God be praised. Amen.